Can you hear me now? I can hear you a lot better now, yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on. When I switched headphones, for some reason, it wouldn't give me, wouldn't let me talk. Well, I think we should probably just go with this because I can hear you pretty clear. Like, how do I sound? Am I fine? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little loud and clear. Okay, cool. Good deal. Yeah, go ahead and start it out, and I'll, I'll rattle off some of these things that I picked up, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, so we're going to act like that last 30 seconds didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start it as if we just picked up right now. Right. Okay. Welcome to the podcast that explores mysterious disappearances, bizarre worldly occurrences, strange phenomenon, and basically everything that's weird. Okay, so tonight on Everything That Is Weird, I am Anthony, I'm here with Brandon, and we are talking about the bizarre disappearance of Sneha and Phillips. What's the proper way to say it? I, I, I think it, I think it's supposed to be Sneha. Okay, I, let's I, let's go with Sneha. I trust you on that. Okay, <laughs> I've heard I've heard it a bunch of different ways. Her her fiance. That's how he pronounced it. Okay. So um, this almost didn't happen tonight because our island was hit by a tropical storm last night. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I saw I saw some bad weather coming up your way. A tropical storm is no joke. Right. So we have a condo and we have like a balcony and we had like an inch and a half of standing water. It's like, oh my God, it's going to like come in the house because we, it didn't come in the house, but I had to get a big or a Walmart, not big lot. I almost said big lots. Uh, I had to get a Walmart <laughs> and get a shop back in the morning. Struggle's real. Yeah, especially if you're looking for a big lots. <laughs> hey, don't discount big lots. Right? Right? They'll discount for you. They will. Um, so this is a super interesting case. Like, this could be... This could be a series all, like, all by itself with this story. But... We don't really do that. We kind of put it into one hour. There's a lot of possibilities here, you know. Yes. Um, So what I'm going to do is probably just lay out what this mystery is. The reason that this is such a mystery is because kind of like the extenuating circumstances that were happening happening in her life at the time Mm -hmm. and why there's a mystery that surrounds her disappearance. Mainly is because she actually disappeared the day before a major event. Yeah. Pretty yeah. big one. Pretty big one. 9-11. She, she disappeared on 9-10. Yeah. So we'll just start. We'll start from the beginning. Her name is uh, Sneha and Philip. Uh, she was born in India in the Indian state of Kerala. 
Um, she was a genius by all accounts. Everybody that has ever spoken about her says that she was almost too smart for her own good. No, way to beat down stereotypes, you know. <laughs> And um, it was kind of expected that she should have been a doctor. They moved to upstate New York and settled somewhere in the Albany area. Um, it was called Hopewell, jo- Hopewell Junction. Um, she ended up going to John Hopkins. And then she pursued a career in medicine when she enrolled at the Chicago School of Medicine in 1995. That's when she met her husband. His name was Ron Lieberman. He was um, a year behind her. Uh, He was from Los Angeles, but they began dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were super compatible. Like, by all accounts, um, he was a really cool guy. He, He was a musician, she was like really into it um but she was a year ahead of him and she took a year off to travel to Italy um so that those two could graduate together they did they moved to New York City um and they ended up getting um internships she got one at Jacoby Medical Center in the Bronx and then he got one at a Cabrini Medical Center, uh, which is like right around the East Village. So, have you been to New York City? I have not. My wife has twice, but I have not. So, New York City is very cool. I still think Los Angeles is the best city in the United States, but a lot of people argue with me on that. Like, New York City has a ton of culture, there's a ton of little pockets, there's a ridiculous amount of people. There's literally like some buildings have like 5,000 people, which is the size of the town that we came from when we were growing up in one building. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But they got married um, and they moved to a place called Battery Park, which I'm not really familiar with, but apparently it was right around... The World Trade Center, about like a block or two from it. Yeah, it's a couple blocks uh, southwest. Okay. So I was in New York City. I was on MTV, and (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And uh, uh, I was there, and I went to the Empire State Building. So we went up to the top of the Empire State Building to the you know, observatory. And I guess this must have been like 99. Yeah. And I moved to Los Angeles probably sometime shortly after that. Uh, but I remember thinking like, man, if this thing ever went down, um, geez, it would take everything with it because it's so massive. Like, and now I, I had seen the World Trade Centers. I had, you know, seen the Statue of Liberty and I was over in that area um, but we had literally just done this, the Empire State Building so it was like how many high buildings can you go up on top of you know right. looking back now it sounds crazy like of course you try to go up on the World Trade Center but I did not 
so well, let's just start. Where were you on 9-11? All right, so at the time I was working in a steel yard and uh, down on the Ohio River, and I was actually down in a barge unloading it under a crane. And our, yeah, our crane operator had his radio on, you know, inside his cab, and he got over the mic and he said, "Hey, man, a plane just hit a building in New York." And I said, you know, I'm like, what? And he said, a, a plane hit a building in New York. We're like, you know, we're, I'm thinking like a Cessna. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, and he, he pauses for a minute and then he said something. He's like, they're saying, they're saying it was a airliner. And after he started realizing the seriousness of it, he took his, um, Mike and put it up to the radio and then just let the broadcast play and it shut the whole place down crazy right everybody stopped to listen and uh, you know and that was he put it on he put that mic on I think maybe a minute or so before the second plane hit so he like they caught it and they were like we just got confirmation that a second plane hit the you know the other tower so, God. Yeah, and then it was like everybody came inside, and somebody had put it up on the computer and was watching the news feed, and we're all standing around one monitor watching this, watching this. Sur- so, like, we were twenty three, right? So i had I had been in Los Angeles, and uh, my family couldn't understand the time change. So, like, three hours. They didn't understand that, like, I worked at night and I'd be in bed. And they would call me at, like, 8 in the morning. Right. And I'd be like, you guys, I work at night. I'm a bartender. Like, you can't call me at 8 o'clock in the morning. Like, uh, add 3, right? Whatever time it is. Whatever time it is for you, minus 3. And whatever time it is for me, add 3, right? Right. And I remember my phone just kept ringing, ringing off the hook. And uh, my mom's like, hey, we're under attack. And I'm like, that seems extreme. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, first of all, hold on. And she's like, no, 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 no. You need to get up and you need to turn on uh, the news. Because like, a, like two planes have gone into the World Trade Center. So I had to work that day. That was a Tuesday. And, uh, like, get up, and I wake my roommate up, who is, like, Brad Pitt from True Romance. (laughs) I'm like, hey, man, Uh, apparently we're under attack. So he's from, like, a military family, and he says the exact same thing to me. He's like, okay, hold on. What do you mean we're under attack? (laughs) Back it up. (laughs) Back it up. So I said, no, no, like, apparently... There's terrorists that have so I had no idea who Osama bin Laden was. I right. would like I would like to say I was hip to yeah. all the people at that time that were world players, but I wasn't. I was very self-absorbed, and uh, I said uh, I said I don't know. Apparently, there's terrorists that flew planes into the World Trade Center, and he's like, really? So we get up, um, and we're watching it. 
And that was when it, it was like unfolding in like real time. So I had to be to work at 11.30. And I called like, hey, are we working today? And they're, <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, like, why wouldn't we? I'm like, well, I don't know. The nation's under attack. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just nothing big. I mean, no big deal. NBD. Uh, but they're like, yeah, we are, we are full on working night. Well, I saw, I worked in the bottom of an entertainment building, like Castle Rock, Harpo, Virgin. They were there, but also Morgan Stanley and Smith Barney were in the same building. Morgan Stanley had an office at the World Trade Center. And there was a guy that came down. Um, I probably shouldn't say his name because he might not want to be on the podcast. Right. But he had, um, and I, I didn't find this out until maybe like a week later. He had a pass. He had a World Trade Center pass from the 10th to the 14th. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. So, definitely like the world was one way when we woke up. And then it was a completely different way. That was the first time in my lifetime they had ever grounded all the flights and there was no flights from the um, after they kind of got control of all the flights to the 13th. Right. Um, And I actually flew on the 13th. My best friend, his sister got married in um, Cincinnati and I flew to Cincinnati um, remember those old planes that had like five seats in the middle <laughs> and two, like a home alone plane. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was on that plane. Um, and I was by myself in a whole row and I actually laid out cause I took a red eye. I laid out on the entire row. And like, <laughs> nobody but, wanted to fly. Nobody wanted to fly, <laughs> but what a crazy time. Right. So that's what makes this story even so much more interesting is because not only is she like this brilliant person, she's a doctor. She's she's very good looking. Like she's she's beautiful as far as like Indian women go, she's a very beautiful woman. And like her and um her husband Lieberman, Ron Lieberman, they're they kind of have like a storybook beginning. They, they get married um, in early 2001, and when they do, their marriage and their wedding is, like, actually, like, publicized in a magazine. <laughs> I didn't hear that. It's, it is. They do, like, a whole focus on just them, and, their, and, and it, they did, like, kind of a cross between Indian and Christian values and whatever. Yeah. But it was very beautiful, very, like, storybook. Um, tons of photographers and you know the ideal situation you have two professional doctors living in New York killing it like just ruling life but you know like like what you see with social media like not everything is what it seems is what it seems Right, and they—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not like I said, I'm not familiar with New York at all. But from what I've heard, looking at the place where their apartment was, I'd have to think that that was pretty uh, high end. Right, but you know, your doctors are killing it. So, 
you live in that circle and it's okay. You can afford it. Right. So she was last seen on September 10th, 2001. Um, she was actually off from work. Um, she had planned to spend the day kind of getting their apartment ready. They were going to have a a dinner with their cousin that night. Um, Uh, Actually, it was like Wednesday. Dinner was Wednesday. Well, hold on now. (laughs) Because September 11th was a Tuesday. Am I wrong? No, that's it. She was, it was... It was Monday. She was cleaning for a upcoming party on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You are totally right. Okay. Yeah. So on um, Monday, she had planned to clean. Monday was would have been September 10th. Right. And she kind of... So the timeline of her disappearance is she's on AOL chat. Do you remember AOL <laughs> chat? Yeah. Yeah, I laughed when I saw it too. I know. So, uh, my brother used to hook up with chicks on AOL chat, and he once told me that he needed a breathalyzer on his AOL chat. So, (laughs) 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 which I thought was really funny, right? But him and his, uh, him and her mom, or she and her mom, sorry, um, had been talking on AOL chat kind of like off and on yeah they 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 she had uh contacted her through the instant message um just to to go over a few things say hi and stuff and it ended up going for i think it said from two to four so she she kind of mentioned that she was going to be at windows of the world which was a restaurant at the very top of um, the World Trade Center. So, if you've ever seen it, it's an amazing restaurant. Hmm. It it literally overlooked the entire city. It looked down on every building. Um, it was on the hundred and sixth floor. Um, right. So, is it Tower One? I I think so. Okay. So. She, she, her friend was getting married at that restaurant in the spring, I believe, the following spring. Yeah, and they were going to kind of um, go check it out, just see what it was about. Um, I guess they were going to meet, kind of do some like pre-wedding stuff, um, but. She had her plan kind of that day was like drop off some clothes, the dry cleaners. And she went to they kind they kind of know this because she spent their credit card at a place called Century 21, which was kind of like a high-end TJ Maxx. Right. So like, but it was a huge department store. Mm-hmm. And sad to say, COVID put it out of business. They kind of had her on um they kind of had her on security camera. We'll, we'll, yeah, they, we'll get into that. Her. That, yeah. that building was um, would have been on the east side of the towers. So the towers would have been in between her apartment and that department store. Right. 
So, um, she doesn't come home. Right. She doesn't come home, but this isn't like, I can't believe she didn't come home. Yeah. This was almost like, expected is the wrong word, but like. It's not a surprise that she didn't not, come it's not. It's not a surprise at all, right? So, so, she had a lot of issues for somebody that had so much going for her. <laughs> um, there was, there was um, an underlying alcohol abuse issue where several times she had come to work drunk as a doctor. Right. Um, and no, I've been to the hospital a bunch of times, and sometimes I think my doctors are drunk. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was like it was like an issue, and, and they, a lot of people say it stemmed from an incident where she said she was sexually assaulted by a colleague. Yeah, but the the thing was is that she, she, right before that that allegation of the sexual assault happened. She had been given a letter by her employer informing her that they weren't renewing her contract to work for them because of, as they listed in the thing, substance abuse and alcohol issues. Correct. So she went out after receiving that letter with a bunch of the interns from the medical center, and that's when the groping allegation happened. Right. And this wasn't like taken like with a grain of salt. There was actually like a police report filed and then she mm-hmm. recanted and said it didn't happen. That's um, not what I heard. Okay, what did you hear? What I heard was that she went to file a report about the groping. The police did not believe her and oh, subsequently no. charged her for filing a false report. Okay. And now, she see, actually spent the night in jail. Well, I've heard that too, but I've heard, I heard, I heard, I've heard that side of it from the investigator, which we'll get to about him. Um, but also I've heard it the other way where she actually recanted and then they brought charges on her. And who knows? Cause right. it could have been like, they could have just grilled her about it. For you know, hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. until she's like, fine, whatever. You know, it's pre Me Too movement. Yeah, you're not going to help me. <clears throat> and I've definitely been on that side of it, where like you're like, you're not going to do anything, and they're like, no, <laughs> right, no, no, we're not. That's happened to me several times, so I could see how something like that <laughs> get over stuck up, bitch. <laughs> I know, right? You're you're hot. You're asking for it, right? <laughs> it's probably what you're wearing. <laughs> right. And this was, you're right, pre Me Too movement. So nobody, uh, nobody gave a shit. They weren't sensitive. They were not sensitive to it at yeah. all. But she does. She does um, not show up on September 10th at night, and he's kind of pissed. Because now 
this is where it kind of gets muddled between rumor and fact. But apparently, she had been having a bunch of affairs. Yeah, that well, that's that everybody but her family and her husband was saying that. <laughs> at the time, and you know, it sounds crazy now, but at the time, they kind of like threw it up as this lifestyle maybe contributed to the fact of why she disappeared. Um, right. Even the detective, the, the police had said when they interviewed the brother and at one point during their interview, he told them that he walked in on her and his girlfriend having sex. Yes. And we will definitely revisit that in, <laughs> right. in, in a minute. Yeah. Um, she doesn't show up. Ron, her husband, comes back. He's pissed. Then he's worried. Then the next day, he's like, well, maybe she slept at her brother's house. Yeah, yeah or her cousin. Was- or her cousin, right? Yeah. And then he goes to work. And when he's at work, 9-11 happens. Right. So 9-11 happens. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff with that also. He works at like a trauma unit. Yeah. And they're not super busy at first. And they actually try to reroute people to their hospital. Because they're sending them people that don't have... I guess they were they were equipped to deal with, like, burns and, like, serious trauma. Mm-hmm. And they were getting people that were, like, for lack of a better word, nicked up. Yeah. Right. They didn't have any, like, serious trauma. So they were, like, kind of trying to reroute people. And they actually did. And they started getting this influx of, like, super people that were in real need of medical care and then he ends up working till like what eight o'clock at night or something like that yeah so he calls her several times yeah nothing um nothing happens and then the world trade centers both collapse um the whole day of 9-11 kind of comes to an end you know you have both both world trade centers also world trade center seven and the pentagon they're all affected by this you know the pentagon's hit by a plane you have a plane that goes down outside of cleveland you have you know two buildings in the middle of manhattan that basically self-destruct on national tv and then another building right before the end of the night that collapses because it has so much structural damage and I believe they pulled that one where they called pulling it where they they brought it down because it was what does that mean it's the term I heard them using a lot when they were talking about because they they said because some of the conspiracy theorists kept bringing up the term pull it over the radio that they heard and that's that would be a term for the building to try and control collapse it while they could so how do you do that while it's on fire? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you kick uh, depth charges off a blimp either. So, <laughs> Mo for two on her. <laughs> well, I, I've heard that before. Um, but I know that those things came down with such force. And when you when you demolish a building. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist on 9-11. No, yeah. Um, that, but that doesn't, whatever. I, I'm, that's, I'm not saying that's fact. I'm just saying I personally don't believe that. Because right. my, my brother is actually an architect. And we've talked about this at length. And he said, you know, you don't have to melt steel. You just have to compromise it. Yeah, And sure. one, once it's compromised, that's it. Yeah. Uh, once it's weakened and it's not in its strongest state, then you have, you know, all these forces playing against it. And, you know, you, there's no math that can account for the weight. And it was actually designed. If you ever look, there's, there's actually a picture of the sunset that looks right through the World Trade Center. If you ever see it, it's got like a core. Yeah, it's all the elevator shafts and service shafts and all that right. stuff. Right, and all that stuff's in the middle. So if that is affected, then yeah, you have like a pancake effect. You know, a lot of people think if a plane flies through it, it should look like a cartoon and that it should be a cutout of a plane, but that's <laughs> that's not how it is. You know, And yeah. to uh, almost... It almost did look like that. It did. It almost does look like a cutout of a plane. Um, but you're talking about an extreme amount of force, an extreme amount of speed. Sure. In the first few feet, what it's going to contact is uh, non-structural. So, like, it's going right. to hit windows and window framing and walls, and then it's going to hit pillars. <laughs> so, it's it's got to go. It's going to go through some stuff before it hits stuff that literally just shred the plane apart and both planes were fueled up so when they got to the center they just dumped their fuel down that shaft and it goes to you know i mean what's holding it back like cubicle dividers right you know there's no absolutely zero holding back to get to the core of the building yeah um so i kind of i kind of subscribe to the fact that it did fall the way it should have well, if you've ever watched the controlled demolition, you can watch how many people are there, how many people are involved, what kind of work it takes, where they have to structurally weaken it first, and then put all their explosives on the pillars, and you have a giant crew. And what you're what you're saying is is that you've got this giant <laughs> crew of people to light demo a building full of people all the time, with See, nobody noticing it. And nobody says a word. It's like the Titanic. Yeah, it's you got to get a lot of people to agree to mass murder a lot of people, and then right. not say anything about it. Not say a <laughs> word about it, right? Because <laughs> I've never heard anybody come up and say I was on that demolition crew. And right. I don't think there is, there has been anybody nah. that's right. There's not going to be. But anyway, on the tenth, she is formally arraigned in a court um, for this. She gets like a third degree falsely reporting an incident, which is a misdemeanor. Um, and now this is kind of where it gets sort of skewed because the police report says that she has a fight with her husband outside of the courthouse mm-hmm. regarding like kind of this false testimony 
and her like unscrupulous behavior. But then he says none of that happened. Yeah, he said none of it happened, but there was witnesses that said they saw him arguing. But then he also says they went to lunch, which they did. It was yeah. on their it was on their credit card. Yeah. Um if I was gonna say that I never argued with my wife right before sitting down at a place to eat, I'd be lying. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So you ain't uh, gonna ruin my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> right. So a lot of people think that um they her family tried to put her onto the nine eleven um victim list so that she could benefit from the money, but then the truth is that she never really made that timeline and they never really pushed for it either. Well, she got on it and then they they pulled her back off. But yeah, both of those were the the well was dried up in like 03. Right. So she goes missing. He goes back to his hotel. He would have made back. a lot. It would he stood to make like three, four million off of her potential gains. Sure. And he goes he goes back to their apartment. And this is how close their apartment was. There was debris from the plane in some of the units in their apartment. Yeah, their apartment actually had a window open when he finally got back in. Because, see, he tried to go to the apartment. When he left the hospital, he called an ambulance right, to take him back. And it took him six hours to get across town. And right. I looked it up on the map. And... Um, they, if you just like Google map it, and I know New York works different than what the maps probably tell me, but just from their apartment to his place of work was about 40 minutes drive. And it took six hours to get back to his apartment. When he got back, the electric was out. So his electronic key swipe didn't work and he couldn't get in. So he was yelling from the street. And he actually finds somebody that was like up there, right? Right. And he asked them to knock on the door. And they said nobody was answering. And then he eventually gets up there. Is that right? And well, then yeah, he, he goes and stays the night with a with a friend up the road that lived close. But he ends up getting yeah, to see the apartment. And, gets, and a window was left open and the entire place was covered with ash and soot and debris and dust from the building collapsing. God one one what, window open right? and it coated everything. God knows what. Um but there's only cat tracks because they had two cats. Yep. And there's no... Um, Century no, 21 bags. Yeah. No um, footprints. No, like, um, evidence that she was there. In fact, what's worse, her glasses are still there. Uh, her passport's there. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know about her purse, but I know... All her credit cards, except for the American Express she used at Century 21. Okay. So when they asked him um, about what she would be doing there, he said they never really went towards the World Trade Center, which I could understand. Because, like, when you live in a big city, there's just certain stuff you stay away from. Like, for instance, the entire time I lived in Los Angeles... I may have been to Hollywood Boulevard 
a handful of times. Right. And I've lived there years, you know, like 12, 12 years. You just stay away from that stuff because it's like too touristy. It's, it's too touristy. You got people hitting you. It's a, it's a, first of all, it's, it's ugly to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You're like, this is like the least coolest part of this city. Um, <laughs> and I would imagine it might be the same way if you live in that part of New York. Mm-hmm. But there was Victoria's Secret. There was a whole mall underneath the World Trade Center. Um, and that was never really... They never really... Um, fully explain why she wouldn't be there because she did shop and there was a whole mall under the trade center right um however she never told anybody she was going there um she also had never really shopped there before it was not it wasn't like oh she she went to the world trade center to shop it was just kind of like well, she liked to shop, and there's a shopping center two blocks from their house. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, okay. So here, here, here it is. She's missing. Um, but initially, they're like, "Well, she actually didn't come home on the 10th. Yeah. and that becomes like a whole other thing. Yeah, and they start doing some background on it, and they start hearing about these. Because she used to, she actually used to frequent lesbian bars. Right. And (laughs) in typical mom values (laughs) sort of way, she says that the reason that was is because she was a pretty girl who got hit on all the time. So she would go to the lesbian bars so guys wouldn't hit on her. But like, Aren't girls gonna hit on you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean So I, if you don't want to get hit on, the bar is probably you know, I, I don't know if it matters who who it caters to. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Second, There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So I think it's fine at this point to talk about the setup. The setup is you have three possible um, outcomes of what happens to her. She either helps in the 9-11 thing and gets killed. Yeah. She is a victim of foul play of some kind. Mm -hmm. Or she uses this as an excuse to start over in her life. <laughs> now the, the romantic turn. Uh, everybody loves I'll, the uh, I left my life behind. <laughs> and and I, I'm not just saying this. I've thought about like 
this lot. Like, if you're in certain places at a certain time, like, I've never wanted to kill myself. <laughs> there have definitely been times in my life where you're like, what would happen if you just disappear? So, like, there's an opportune time. I mean, there's an opportune time. You're also talking about 2001. Yeah. Where I remember, I remember at that time, uh, you could get a whole other social security number. I remember seeing this on a telephone pole in Los Angeles. It was like, got bad debt, get a new social security number. (laughs) Get a new life. (laughs) Get a new life, right. (laughs) So the way that they did it, you would change your name, get a new social security number, settle out your debt, and then you would live under this new identity. Well, I'm sure that's illegal now. Yeah. At the time, it probably was legal then. (laughs) It sounds (laughs) illegal. (laughs) But people do change their name. Yeah. They do get new identities. And you can get another social security number. That is something that can happen. All of that can happen. Yeah. So, anyway, the aftermath is... Um, they start kind of interviewing people. So she gets put into a different category than the people at the World Trade Center. Because the people at the World Trade Center, they start tracking them. They start tracking them by like telephone calls and appointments and and office times and clock-ins and all emails sent. And, you know, they so they kind of like this whole task force goes to town trying because I don't know if you know there's there's still like thousand people that are unidentified correct they only identified about 60 percent right but like they can tell by like there's people that were on the phone for instance there's people that made 911 calls mm-hmm. they have zero evidence that they were in the World Trade Center but they're on the 911 call you know, um, saying, you know, uh, there's a plane, I can't breathe, there's smoke, there's fire, is somebody going to help us? And then, oh God, and the building collapses, you know, so they know that they're there by that. And that, that goes for a whole host of other reasons. Like they sent emails, they, they called people, they like, you know, so they have like witness accounts or you know, there's people that were, they were on the ground, the building collapsed and they're not there anymore. Or like, right. there were people that they also identified that jumped out of the building yes. that, that they don't really like to publicize their names, you know? So like, yeah. so they do, they did work backwards to kind of find these people, but she really didn't have a reason to be there. Um, but she was a doctor, so if she was even remotely close to that, you would, you know, part of one of the narratives that they were trying to sell the family was to claim that she was killed in the attack was that she would have been on her way home from the night before and saw what was going on with the World Trade Center and rushed to help. Now, I do have a problem with that because... They're not just going to let you go up there. Right. 
And I don't know how much help you are as a doctor going into a building. Right. Well, the, the, what, what skews this story was that he told the brother to call, the, to call the police and tell him that, that, well, he told him to tell him that he thinks she died in the, the 9-11 attack. And then he takes it upon himself to start ad-libbing on the news. Yeah. And he says that I talked to her on the phone. She said, I got to help these people. I just can't leave them. And then she hung up the phone and that was the last time he talked to her. So all of a sudden he recants on this, says he was lying about it, but it's like, almost like it's too late. She started getting made into a hero. Right. And he said, and he said that he did this because he wanted to put focus on them trying to find her. Right. So there's also a murder on 9-10. But if there was one murder, don't seem to have any kind of like connection to her. Mm-hmm. Or any kind of like like location, proximity, none of that fits with like a crazy murder scenario. Mm-hmm. Where she snatched off the streets and killed. Yeah. And apparently that night on the 10th, it rained really bad. There was like a thunderstorm. And there was actually people in the... There were several like artists that had um, a floor. And one lady had done a actual video count... Of the thunderstorm the night before 9-11. She had been trying to catch a thunderstorm from the World Trade Center. That was like her art project. Yeah. And she actually did catch it on the 10th, which is crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, But her brother keeps like contradicting himself um he has a lot of when he tries to remember things he misremembers stuff yeah um but he did tell the news that she said she was going into the world trade center buildings to help people and that didn't happen at all yeah i got his quote right here um, I was on the phone with her and she told she told me she couldn't leave because people were hurt. She said, I have to help this person and that's the last thing I heard of her. Uh, but then he eventually admitted he was lying. Right. But they, they by then she was getting made out to be a hero and I don't know. He 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 tried to the, the so the husband files petition in court to get his wife declared a victim of 9/11 so that they can get on the victim compensation fund and it says that given her age and future earning potential that he was in line to receive 3 to 4 million dollars but the uh but the uh medical examiner in 2004 actually removed 
her name from the list and said that there was no evidence that she was even still alive on the 11th, let alone in the attacks. So, and he fought and fought and eventually in like 2008, they get her name put back on the list. But by then, the, what, like I said, the, the well was dried up on the money, the funding from that victim's compensation fund. It had already been all handed out, so he didn't get anything from that. So kind of defeats the the husband did it theory. Now, one thing that's interesting is that a lot of people have mentioned about undocumented people mm-hmm. that have died in 9-11. And this is super interesting because, like, if you work, like, a menial labor job or a menial service job and you're using somebody else's social security number or whatever, um, you may not be, you may not be somebody that is on the radar, so, like, maybe the guy's shining shoes in the lobby is, like, a Mexican immigrant. Well, there was a guy. His name was Juan LaFuente. He was, like, he was from Cuba. And I don't know if he's been attached to the official list of the 9-11 people, but he was undocumented. He perished in the 9-11 attacks but there was no real reason for him to be there and apparently he went to a conference that was uh, at the same restaurant that she was supposed to be at that day on the top of the world uh, restaurant and he was supposed to be seeing some speaker about something and he had only mentioned it to a few people but he also um didn't appear on the initial list of people that died in the World Trade Center. Because he wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be there. So that goes back to like her and what this whole thing is. So the whole thing is the crazy murder theory kind of doesn't really have legs because everything that they kind of point to as her risky lifestyle I'm sorry, dude. There's just not a whole lot of lesbian serial killers. Yeah, it's not gonna. Now, now I could see if, say, she was having an affair with a married woman, and that married woman's husband was, you know, he like that went against everything that he believed. You know what I mean? And it was like the worst possible affront to his masculinity or some shit like that. It, it was a different time. So, I mean, like, and, and it was a different time then. Like even yeah. that even though that wasn't like we don't really think it's going to was in our lifetime. But like if you look back at the videos and just kind of look at the people, not like the buildings falling, or look at the people. Mm-hmm. They dress different, they look different. Like the style of life is different. Like People are like in all of life of what's going on in front of them. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when they were talking about the investigation they ran 
when they were going through like all her stuff to try and place her somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. they were going through her computer and they said, cause they were, they were looking for this, um, uh, restarted her life somewhere theory, you know? Right. And they were trying to find anything that would clue them in on it to see if she'd done any searches for, uh, you know, you know what? And I thought that was hilarious to me. I was like in 2001, I was like, I, what I do don't wait forever to get one search result. After <laughs> yeah, five right. hours. No, you ain't going to look on your computer. For that you don't time. have, right. Cause probably on dial up. Yeah. I mean, she was using AOL chat, so I'm pretty sure. It's just amazing. Cause like, and you know, my little brother, I always say this. To him. I'm like, I remember when Google went, was a thing. Yeah. There was Netscape before that. Right. And like, you know, before, even before MySpace, there was Friendster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. we grew up right through that time where like we saw the progressions of the internet. We were actually, we went from like old school to new school. Right. And yeah. that's what I feel like she was. Yeah. Yeah. And she was born in 69. So she wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, she was crazy older than us, but she also was right. But she wasn't, she wasn't some young person trying to make new shit work good. You know, like, no, you and, know. I, and I, and I remember a lot of people being like computers are a fad and <laughs> the, the internet is right. the, the, people won't be on the internet forever. after I, hour of waiting for one fucking page to load I fucking threw shit down and left I totally totally somebody get on the goddamn phone fucking fuck up the whole connection it wasn't until I could get oh totally yeah I actually had a thing where you could answer the phone for five minutes (laughs) like an as seen on TV yeah (laughs) you could get on the phone for five minutes and it would keep you online I bought that (laughs) (laughs) but okay so so she (laughs) so the other theory she wasn't murdered so there's the theory that she was murdered okay Mm -hmm. then there's the theory that maybe somebody in her family had something to do with it um and this would be like a mercy killing type of thing yeah so, you have her brother having this weird thing. You have, like, either a misquote or he actually told the cop that he caught her and his wife or his girlfriend at the time having sex. Yeah. Um, you have her family, you know, pushing her into medicine and then she rejects that. Um, for whatever reason, whether it was like, you know, she got felt up at a party or whatever and she was pissed and kind of became like a, 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 like a substance abuser or like alcohol abuser. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of has like this downward spiral. That is a theory. And then you have a theory where she just started over. Yeah. Okay. So. Now in the in the footage, there's a CCT camera in Century Twenty One that catches her on film shopping in the um, in the store. 
she's by herself in the surveillance clip that I saw or the, the, the photo that they got of the surveillance clip. However, the, the cashier at the store said she was there shopping with another woman. Who she said was her friend. Yes. And but she like was, nobody knows who this she was person a is. There. Right. And so nobody knows nobody knows who that lady is. And the interest the, the other interesting thing about that shopping spree was what she purchased. Right. So she buys lingerie, new linens for the bed, several pairs of shoes. But you know, yeah, I know. Lingerie, a dress, pantyhose, and linens. I that mean, sounds like she was gearing up for a, a date. Yeah. <laughs> like a, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get messy. <laughs> Shit's gonna get weird. <laughs> we're gonna need new sheets and shit. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so it was about five hundred dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> so. Right. And you know, you're right. You're right. That's exactly what she does. She buys <laughs> a, a, get, a get weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is, that is like, why didn't she buy that? Right. Because she's having, like, for everybody on the outside, she's having problems with her husband. Right. She actually doesn't want to be married. She doesn't want to be a doctor. Right. She was actually super artistic. Um, a lot of people had thought that she could have been an artist because she was big on sketches. Um, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. Um, she was big on sketches. Um, she kind of felt forced into this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, she's crazy smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it is. The theories are she died helping people. She left to start a new life. Or she was killed by a rogue crazy man killer. Or her husband. Or her husband. Mm-hmm. Or her brother. Because there's a, there's a, did you hear about the phone call? Yeah, but didn't he say that he thought he may have called yeah, his, to voicemail? Check his voicemail at so four like, in the morning? Yeah, but I could say this. Okay, so do you remember at that time, if you had a cell phone, you would dial one. The one had like, it almost looked like a little cassette. Yeah. You would just hold the one, and it would dial your number, and you'd put in the code. Yeah. And it would play your messages back. Right. Okay. I almost understand that. Yes. Uh, but I, w- I would think you would remember that, you know? Like, it would be one of those but things you're where like, you're like, you've had like my wife's break. missing. <laughs> if there's any day... That you get a pass for not remembering that, <laughs> right? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one day you get a pass, right? Um. Okay. So, but it, just to be clear on that, that was what happened. Was there was a a phone call was made to his cell phone from the apartment landline. Correct. That at is correct. four in the morning. 
And he said, I think I just called my voicemail and forgot. The morning before 9-11. Correct. Correct. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so we have the theories. We kind of have like her story. Do you want to say your part first? Or you want me to go first? You can go ahead. Okay. I'm leaning very hard on two specific theories. None of them have anything to do with 9-11. She didn't like being a doctor. She actually told people she didn't like being a doctor. She said, I wish I wasn't here to several people that she worked with. She showed up drunk. She never prepared to be at work. Her colleagues, they've interviewed her colleagues. Her colleagues have said this. So I heard an interview of one of her colleagues and said, she said, you know, I've met a couple of people in my life that could turn their life around and change in an instant and start over. And she's one of them. And the interviewer said, uh, how many people have you met like that? She's like three. And she was a surgeon. So surgeons hang out with brilliant people. You have to be brilliant to be a surgeon. You go to school for an incredible amount of time. Right. So I am also a finder. And I find people money. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I do. <laughs> so when people have money, that you never goes, found me no fucking money. Give me time. You never asked. <laughs> I, w- I won't say the company, but I bet you have money. <laughs> uh, so what happens is, is that people have money tied up in like stocks or trust funds or some kind of investment accounts. Mm-hmm. And then say you move from, you know, 121 Main Street to 125 Main Street, okay? <clears throat> uh, they send you a check because they settle up an account to 121 Main Street, but you're actually living at 125 Main Street. And that check goes to 121, never gets to you comes back to them legally what they're supposed to do is put it into unclaimed funds okay mm-hmm. so when they put it into unclaimed funds it sits in the government level usually at the state the state will hold it and they'll hold it for infinity mm-hmm. 
until you or your heirs or somebody claims it. I can tell you about this, about women. Women get married, and when women get married, everything's fucked up. <laughs> because what happens is you're, I don't, I don't know what your middle name is, but say your name's John David Smith. Well, when you're a woman and your name's Jennifer, Jennifer Ann Smith, you marry a guy named Jones. Your name becomes Jennifer Smith Jones. You're a whole different person. Mm -hmm. And then the trail gets really muddled. It's a little bit better now, but in 2001, Sneha is not a crazy, obscure name. That's apparently not. It's a fairly common name. So much so, there's a LinkedIn profile, which LinkedIn didn't even start until 2004, of a Sneha Ann Phillips. Huh. And she's in the United Arab Emirates. Now, she spells Ann a different way, but that is the thing. Now, when I ran this by my wife, she seems to think it was a mercy killing by her brother. I don't believe the 9-11 thing at all. I don't believe the 9-11 thing for a whole host of reasons. One, the probability of you walking by the World Trade Center... (laughs) Even though you live by it, all right, and then running into the building to help people, mm-hmm. just you're not allowed to do that. They won't. <laughs> they yeah. won't let you do that. The firemen literally will say, "Get away!" Mm-hmm. And if you ever watch the 9/11 like Sorry. news, it's fine. The news footage. Mm-hmm. All they're saying is get back, get back, get like that's all yeah. they say the yeah. entire time. There is no way, even if you're a doctor, where you're like, I'm gonna run up in the tower, they'd be like, Why would you do that? That's the dumbest thing ever. Go over to the triage, which is like a block away. Mm-hmm. And if she's killed there, she would have had to check in at the triage as a doctor. She would have had to check in and say, I'm a doctor at the Gavarini Center. I'll help out. They would have said, great. Take yeah, care of them. Right? saw her credentials and everything. Yeah. Right. They would have, that would have been taken care of. There would have been some kind of due diligence on the spot. I don't believe the 9-11 thing. It's one of two things. She bailed and she had planned to bail and she had called that number on the telephone pole that I saw in Los Angeles (laughs) and it was an opportunity and she she hit out she waited it out until it was time to leave and then she left and that's kind of what I think she did the only other thing that makes sense is her brother Gilbert (laughs) so I strongly believe that she was, because when you have a doctor that is really logical 
and super scientific, right? Mm-hmm. They don't believe in conspiracy theories. And she says, I've only met three people ever in my life that were capable of leaving and starting ever. She's Indian. You can blend in the culture in a bunch of different places. Yeah. That don't have extradition to the United States. So if she's ever found out, she's never coming back here. And if she did want to start ever, she wasn't happy in her life. She was somebody that was smart enough to do that. She is an artist. She has the means. I think she disappeared, or I think her brother killed her. Hmm. All right. All right. I think there's something going on with the woman that she was seen shopping with. I really do. I think, I think even if she did disappear, you know, made her life go away, it had something to do with this woman. And, uh, I, I think it may, there's a chance that it may have been a moment of opportunity, you know, and I, I, I'd be curious to find out, you know, if this, if this, there was another woman, if that other woman was like also leading a double life, you know, and maybe these two, you know, got close and said, we're, you know, my family will never understand. And she said, neither mine. And, and they took off together. That's very possible. Um, cause I think the shopping list is odd. Um, I agree. And I think, I think the fact that she's seen with this woman, but they, they, nobody knows who she is and all this stuff, you know, it, it's, there's, it kind of leads me to believe that she knew this woman outside of everybody else. Like that was in her life. Nobody else knew this woman. So. Yeah. Because like literally the people they interviewed very close to her says, we have no idea who this woman is. If she would just come forward. Yeah. Right. It was like a five foot two, 115 pound Indian woman. And the, and and the, and it's not just like somebody saw them together, blah, blah, blah. That she shopped at this place frequently. Right. The, the chick behind the register recognized her. It and, said and knew her. she was with her friend. Yeah. And she said she told her that was her friend. And so I, I don't know. I mean, could it be that she bought all the supplies? They, they fucked up some room somewhere and she was doing the walk of shame on the way home and, and uh, a building fell on her fucking head, you know? That uh, seems improbable, right? It's, but, you know, who knows? I mean, still, when I'm, I'm picturing her with like one fucking heel on, you know? <laughs> she ain't fucking paying attention. It's like the... Uh, Beginning Make- of Shaun of the Dead when all the <laughs> zombies are walking around and he doesn't even realize it. he goes to the store and buys a drink and shit. And he's, he's just not even paying attention because he's hung over. <laughs> this fucking yeah, building's falling. She's not even paying attention to it. I'm kind of with you, man. I'm with you on this one. I, it's just none of it fits. Like none of it fits that she and I and I, you know. I don't mean any disrespect. If she did die in 9-11. Yeah. 
But like, it seems really improbable. Sure. Because I remember that. Like, I, I didn't just see that on YouTube. I was there. Like, I remember watching it all day. Yeah. Like, you said you were at work and you guys were glued to that monitor. Yeah. I went to bartend that day. I had one customer. Yeah. Like, three people came in. We had a restaurant that sat 300 people. Three people ate lunch. I had one customer and I did nothing but watch TV that entire day. Yeah. She, I, I just don't believe she's on her way home. She runs into a building to help people. I just don't believe that. And right. I don't even, I, I don't think that she was helping people. I, I think she, she could, there were so many people that, that, that got hurt and injured and died. They weren't actually inside the building. Well, you know, like one of the things too, with like, um, with, um, travel is that one of the holes in our security was that you could check in without an ID. Mm -hmm. So maybe she had set this up before to, you know, because you could just fly. Like a lot of people don't, (laughs) as the younger, they don't remember. You used to be able to walk people to the gate. Yeah. And you used to hang out in the airport. People used to just hang out in the airport. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I, I, when I when I remember flying and there was ashtrays in the armrests. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's the thing. So, like, to say, like, one of the, the breaches in security that they did with, like, Muhammad Atta, who's one of the, one of the 9-11, you know, suicide guys, was that he checked in, normal, you know, he... He checked his bag. He did, uh, you know, carry on. Yeah, man. He checked in at the airport. No ID. Nobody checked his ID. He walks through security. He has, he goes right through the metal detector. So this is the time when you could just, and I remember this time. Yeah. You could just go to Mexico. Yeah, sure. You don't need a passport. Like, like even today, if you go to Canada, you need a passport. Yeah. At the time in Mexico, they were checking your passport to go into Mexico. No, just on the way back. (laughs) On the way back, right. They weren't checking you there. But now, now as soon as you leave the country, they check your passport. Yeah, I went to to Mexico on a cruise with with Rachel and then they... uh... It was funny. I, we were going up through the border, and they were checking the passports when we were crossing the border. Because she was, she was acting like she don't even remember it. And I was like, "You don't remember giving the guys dogs and stuff our passports? Those were, those were the Mexican authorities. They, right? They, yeah. they just kind of like Haha, and handed it right back. Like, right. This is just a formality, dude. Yeah. Right. You're not gonna yeah. want to live here. You're not trying to sneak in. But like, if you're somebody. If you're somebody like that wants to get lost and this was like, this has always been my problem with border control is that like the Mexican border is like three times shorter than the Canadian border. 
<laughs> right? Right. And like, okay, yeah, you don't want the Mexicans to come up, but there's no wall from like Washington to Maine. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like, you live in New York and you want to bail. Yeah, dude, you can get a passport. You're smart. Mm-hmm. You have you have money. You but like you said, a- in that time, you could have drove. You could drive. There's, you could drive to the damn Canadian border. Well, I remember. So Tori Spelling used to come into our restaurant, and she said, "You know where you should, you should go?" And I said, "Where?" She's like, "Cuba." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're not allowed to go to Cuba." She's like, "Oh yeah, this is what you do. Listen, you you fly to Ensenada. They won't stamp your passport." And you can fly right to Cuba. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't because I'm paying $1,500 a month in rent. Right. I can't afford right. But yeah, you can do that. But like, seriously, that's what I think. I mean, once, once you change your name, that's it. When you're a girl, it's almost like you disappeared. You ceased to become that person. I mean, you know this with girls in our class. Girls in our class that we go to school with, they're not, you know, the the name that they grew up with. They're their husband's name. And you say it, and it's weird, but like, yeah, only a few people know that. Right. And it's only right now that like, that's becoming tracked more and more and more but she didn't take her husband's name right she didn't and but that's that's even more that's more, it's, it's more fucked up right because like she changed like it would be more identifying if she would be Sneha Lieberman mm-hmm. but she's, she's Sneha Philip and what if she's like Ann Johnson <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Now she's a completely different person. That's why I kind of think... I don't know. I think you're in agreement with me. Yeah. Well, it's, I think we're, we have a different opinion of I think we can went about it. Yeah, I think like, we... we both yeah. think that she she bailed. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, think, uh, I think she had uh, another life she enjoyed more, and she wanted the freedom to live that life. I agree. I think we have another solution. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, cause <laughs> I, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but from everything I've seen, heard, and read, Indian families are pretty strict and stringent. They're very traditional, especially um, devout. Yeah, Indians. of course, of course. So to to think that they would, I mean, for her mom, for God's sakes, was making excuses why she was going to lesbian bars. Right. You know, and it's like, yeah, she, she's in complete denial. There's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they would. I think they're, because they still, they still live under class systems and, and. Agreed. It's very old school. So they, they, they don't want to be seen, you know, making themselves look like a black eye, which makes the, the mercy killing thing uh, it's, it's plausible for me it's it's not as likely I mean even if even if they were it's still kind of I don't know kind of far-fetched to think that the brother would do that 
but he I is, think the brother's weird. He is weird. I mean, he's, he did think he's do weird. a couple things that put him out there on a limb, but definitely. But I think I think the one thing that overshadows the brother is that everybody's account of her being so smart, so manipulative, and so eager to change her life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she went horror shopping. <laughs> she did. <laughs> so she needed sheets. She needed to clean them sheets up afterwards. <laughs> she got some lingerie and new sheets. So in our opinion, we think Snea Ann Phillips is still out there. I, I believe so. I think I, she's I she's happily so living with whoever that woman she was shopping with. And good for her, man. Yeah. Good for her. Way to pull it off. I hope that I hope that I'm right on this one because I really do feel this way. And you know, man, it sucks to not, it sucks to not be able to feel comfortable in your own skin, and that's got to be the worst. Right. And I could see somebody that's really smart, really artistic, um, graceful you know, moment of opportunity, right? And you know, this is one thing we didn't touch on. There is a postcard that shows up. There's a postcard that shows up. It's a graphite drawing of the Twin Towers collapsing. And it says, everybody that knew me before 9-11 thinks I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't know if that's from her. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think she wrote that. And it was her farewell. And I believe it is. I'm going with it. I'm calling it. I'm saying that she's still out there. Me too. I agree. Okay. Well, there it is. (laughs) Solved. Solved. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm Anthony. I'm Brandon. And this is Everything That's Weird.